Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, everyone, and happy Wednesday. Holy cow, is it just me or are the weeks like flying by? I feel like I just said happy Wednesday to you yesterday. Whew. Um, anyway, today is going to be a little bit of a quickie intro here because quite frankly, I am a little tired. One thing that I've noticed this past year, usually I just ignore and barrel past being tired or, um, you know, feeling a little bit out of sync. But this past year, I've been a little bit more in tune to the natural cycles of my body throughout a month. And I've been giving them just a little bit more credence and reverence and resting when I need to. So when I need more calm, I allow myself a little bit more calm. And when I'm feeling all amped up and on overdrive, and I can tackle and do all the things with more energy than God himself, I do those things. So um, in a couple of episodes, I'm going to be bringing on Marissa Iman. She's been on my show before, and we're going to be talking about this exact thing and how as entrepreneurs, we're really lucky because we can really create and structure our businesses, even in line with what our bodies need and the cycles that our bodies go for. And um, so we're going to be talking about how kind of to make our businesses work for us. As you may remember, because you are a super good listener, or um, you might just have guessed because you're super smart, in the VIP group in the month of March, we are focusing on the topic of self-care. And we have some really exciting stuff happening in there from a nutrition workshop with our member Sarah Lawrence to a five-day sleep pop-up with our member Christine Brown and I at the helm. That's actually happening this week. Um, But, you know, I really believe that we are, as entrepreneurs, kind of all connected, mind, body, spirit, and soul. And I think that both nutrition and sleep are really essential for everypreneur and really everybody to function at their best and and give their best to the work that they're doing. Now, next week, I think I'm going to dive into my takeaways from the sleep pop-up, and I'll share with you some of my own personal lessons, too. I, I've really struggled with my sleep for, um, let's see, from the time I was about 18 years old until the time I was about 34 years old. It was really only this past year that I've been really making sleep a priority and a focus for myself. And so I have some lessons I want to share from you and ideas also if you're looking to create some morning or evening routines. And who knows, I might even pop in some other little insights in there too. We will see. Um, Things have been a little bit intense in my internal world these days in a good way, not like my guts, but in my brain. Um, And so I really want to open up some of these conversations with you as I go through these things and as we move along this journey together. So that's the intro. That is the quickie intro. 
My guest today is Nicole Saunders, and she is going to be diving into the topic of how she helps women in her business use their personality as their superpower when it comes to their life and structuring their businesses the way that they want to. And so what she's going to share is how she designed her own business and how it took her a couple of iterations to realize what she wanted to do versus just what she could do. So she talks about the concept of going deep in into something instead of just wide and doing all of the things. And she also shares with us a very deeply personal story about her father's recent passing and provides a little bit of insight into that grieving process and what you can do for somebody in your own life if they're grieving as well. I met Nicole on Clubhouse and we hit it off thanks to our Charlotte, North Carolina connection, which you will hear that I actually like completely forgot until she reminded me of. Um, I love thinking about the fact that like people have kind of like been on the same streets and lived in the same city. I think that is just so super fun. There's something like almost magical about the fact that you probably could have, you could have been in the same coffee shop as them at the same time or something like that. But when I met her on Clubhouse, um, she really, she has a go-giver attitude. And I think you'll, you'll hear that. And that's really what attracted me to her. So I said, yes, please join me on my show. Nicole Saunders is a business coach for female identifying entrepreneurs. She empowers women to grow their businesses by tapping into their personalities and their strengths. And when not working with clients, Nicole can be found hiking in the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina with her husband and their three dogs. Wow, just saw that fact now. That's amazing. While jamming out to Mumford and Sons. She loves making pottery and she, like me, another story for another day, is obsessed with personality tests. Hello, Nicole, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Hey, Emily. I'm so excited to be here today. Your accent is so refreshing um, and fun. I used to live down south, and I miss that accent. Where Where are you located? I'm outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh my gosh, I used to live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, I feel like that's how we may have connected a little bit that way. I remember this conversation now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fun. That's super fun. Charlotte is a fun city, although I love living in New Hampshire too. So um, yeah, so we first met on Clubhouse, which for those of you who don't know, it's an audio only app and it's really hard to wrap your brain around unless you're actually like in the app. I've tried to explain it to people before they go in and they're like, they have no idea what I'm what I'm talking about. Um, but it's an audio only app where basically like conversations are happening in live time. So similar to a podcast, but people can contribute to the conversation and it's all happening in real time. So if you miss it, you miss it. Um, and that's how Nicole and I met. And we were just talking before we started recording about how, you know, she went all in on Clubhouse because it's very exciting and new. But now a lot of people come to her with questions about Clubhouse and wanting her to coach them on Clubhouse. And she's like, that is not what I'm doing here. Yeah, yeah. Clubhouse is amazing. And I love it. And I think it's something that we all needed. Um, and I've actually backed off of it a little bit because one, people thought that that's what I did. They were like, oh, you don't do this anymore. You do Clubhouse. I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love Clubhouse, but I think when something's new and we can take advantage of it to grow our audience and our community, it's amazing. But we also, we don't know the longevity of it. And um, as 
everybody is aware, Facebook and Instagram, you know, Mark is greedy. He wants to make everything that is successful. So I see the trends coming. I feel like down the road, not too long from now, Facebook and Instagram are both going to have something similar to Clubhouse. And it's hard to get people off those platforms if they've already invested. I mean, I've been on Facebook since 2005 when it came to my undergrad. So, you know, for people that have been on Facebook forever, it's hard to get off. And especially like older people and whatnot. Um, my audience is not very old, you know, well, you know, let's say however you define old, whatever, age is just a number, but my audience is more in that younger range. So for me, it's it's fun to connect with more people who are willing to kind of hop over to something new. So a lot of us millennials will go over there and, and enjoy it. And that's how Emily and I met. And it's been a really cool platform. Um, but yeah, I was spending way too much time on there. As an introvert, I started getting a little... Um, burnt out because I was like, I'm either talking all the time or I'm listening all the time. And I do not have the energy to spend my life on this app. And I love it. I still love it. I still get on there, but I have learned I need to be very intentional and really have hard boundaries on there. And that's been super helpful. But I've had a couple of people reach out like, Hey, Nicole, I haven't seen you on Clubhouse in a while. I'm like, yep. I know that. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I hear you. At the beginning, I kind of was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. And I was on it all the time, either, like you said, listening or talking. But um, I also have taken a step back and also like um, using it at night. I find it's very like it's very stimulating as opposed to other forms of social media. And so using it at night, like I'm putting myself in that like high wired state when I want to be winding down. Mm -hmm. So the nighttime conversations weren't necessarily good for me. So um, that's just some, you know, it's it's mine. It's important, I think, when we're using social media to be mindful of the way that it affects us and and really tailor it, like tailor the experience how we want it to be, not vice versa, because otherwise the app or the thing, the platform is just going to control you rather than you controlling it. So I think that's important that you saw that and you reined it in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, when you start and you're like, you know, followers don't matter. It's about the impact. But then I was like, comparing and I'm like, oh my gosh, this person has more followers. And I'm like, Nicole, this doesn't even matter. Like calm down. I was like, it's time to take a step back. Let's let's take a moment. <laughs> so yeah. And it's important to know also that, you know, someone is looking at you thinking the same thing. So someone's looking at your Instagram account or your website and thinking the exact same thing about mm -hmm. you. So just to give you perspective, <laughs> you know, like we all feel we all do that. We look at other people and we're like, oh my God, we need to compare, compare, compare. But there's just so it, there's no reason. It's not about the followers. It's not about the number. It's about the quantity exactly. or quality. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I even have God, a post-it like... note that says the power of one, because if I can impact one person today, I've done my job. Like that to me, it's not a numbers game. It's about the impact. So yeah, I had to like, yeah. like Nicole, you, this is totally not you. Like, why are you getting caught up in this? Yeah. Oh, good. Good realization. So I want to hear a little more about your um, backstory and how you got into doing what you do, because I think it, it, I love hearing people's entrepreneurial journeys and how they really like when they decided to take the leap and that enough was enough and I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I finished undergrad. I was working on campus and I was like, oh, I could do this as a job. So then I went to grad school and then I worked almost a decade in higher education and um, spent time with students and helping them, you know, chase their dreams and develop them as leaders and personality assessments and all of this stuff with student organizations, lots of events, homecoming, all the, all the fun things outside the classroom. But it looks a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, but there's also all of that stuff you don't see. The phone calls at 1.30 in the, not at, in the morning because a fight broke out or all the contracts and the legal stuff and the paperwork and just so many moving pieces that people don't see to put on that those types of events for students and the um, responsibility and risk management and all that stuff. But I loved it. But then things changed. My office went from an office of four to an office of two within two weeks. And there was no sign for movement in my office. It was just kind of a stagnant place. Um, and so eventually, you know, I was blogging and I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm okay at this thing. And then Tailwind reached out and they were like, hey, we want to promote your blog. And it was about Tailwind and Pinterest. And I was like, okay, cool. So um, I was like, I guess I know what I'm talking about. And so they promoted it and ran Pinterest ads to it. And I was like, this is cool. Well, at the same time, a friend of mine who went through the same blogging course that I did needed some Pinterest ads. So I made some graphics for her. And then um, I started like in January, I had this one friend, a different friend, and she, I was like, I just want to be a VA. That sounds fun. You know, I don't even know really what a VA did, but um, she brought me on and we did, I did Facebook management. I did Pinterest. I did graphics and branding and just a lot of different fun things. So then my mentor, um, she ended up launching her Pinterest program to teach people how to be Pinterest managers. So that was like mid-February. I remember it being around Valentine's Day. And I was actually at a conference with my students. We were traveling. And so I'm in the hotel room and I'm doing a like discovery call with a potential client. And I'm like, yeah, you could do this, this, and this. And I was like, I just need three clients so I can make the payment plan on this $1,000 course. I had never paid $1,000 for anything. And I was like, okay, this is going to be risky, but I can do it. And I remember I was really unhappy. So a couple weeks before that, I had told my husband, I was like, you know, I just, I don't want to work for myself. And he was like, so do it. And I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> like I just needed that little permission. And so I ended up, um, that was around Valentine's. I started her course, but two weeks later, I mean, I was gone. My last day being, working for somebody else was March 2nd, 2018. And, um, then I was like, okay, I'm doing this Pinterest thing, but I was doing a lot of things. I was doing Pinterest and branding and ghostwriting, whatever I could do, because I was like, I refuse to go back and have a job. Um, but that summer, I think like in August, I had this um, like half day um, intensive with some women and they were like, okay, you have to pick either branding or Pinterest. What do you want to do? And I was like, Pinterest, it's easier. So at that time I, I had six Pinterest clients and about six months later, I had about 17 and I launched a program and, you know, I've, I stopped doing Pinterest in January of 2021 and I wanted to stop it around January, February, 2020, but, um, and I really wanted to pivot into this business coaching and focusing on personalities and strengths. Well, I don't know. It didn't happen for whatever reason. And then my dad passed away, which I'm happy to talk about. So if you have questions about that, feel free to ask me, Emily. Uh, I'm an open book with that. But um, 
you know, my dad passed away and then COVID happened and the world shut down. And I was like, you know what? Path of least resistance. I'm good at Pinterest. Mm. I don't like it, but I'm good at it. And so, you know, it kept my business afloat. And this past fall between COVID and my dad passing, I was so unmotivated. And I was just like, man, I just, I don't even care. I just, you know, I even apply, I like, was through the process of applying for a job and I got to the cover letter part and I thought, nope, I'll just find another client. So, um, you know, and then writing a cover letter isn't, it is. <laughs> I, I did the, I had, I updated it. I even updated my resume, Emily. Like I spent time doing all that. I did all the things, but then it was like cover letter. Dang, I just do not want to do it. So that just, you know, I was like, I'm going to still make more money doing this thing. And if I just book another client or two, I'll be okay. You know? So yeah, but the end of December, I decided I was, I must have been bored for something. And I decided to get on Clubhouse and I realized Clubhouse is this new thing where everybody's new here. I'm like a freshman in college. I can reinvent myself. So literally I have people who had no clue mm. that I ever did Pinterest now. So I pivoted early January. I'm now a personality and strengths-based business coach for female identifying entrepreneurs. And it just lets it it lights me up. Like it, it sets my soul on fire. Like I talked to somebody um, who did a coaching call on Monday this morning and I'm like all jazzed up about it because just the feedback she's given me, like the massive action she is taking, like it helps me feel fulfilled. And, and like my master's degree isn't going to waste now <laughs> because I'm doing that development with people. It's just not college students. It is women entrepreneurs. And I get to marry and have the best of both worlds of my entrepreneurship background and my higher ed background. So I'm just like on top of the world right now. I'm like so jazzed up about it. So yeah, that's, that's the story. <laughs> what a fabulous journey. And I think you really, I mean, first of all, we all started as VAs somehow. Like I did the same mm -hmm. thing. I was like, I'm a VA. And I just did every single thing for everybody for like no money. <laughs> <Yep>. um, <laughs> so I think we all kind of go through, we go through this process of like doing all these things that we don't really like to do, but they're important because they get us closer to what we do like to do. And funny, you said about how people didn't even know people don't know now that you used to do Pinterest. I went on your website website, and even as you were telling the story, I didn't associate that with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I mean, that's the cool thing about social media. You can delete, you can, you can reinvent yourself anyway. Like, yeah, people might still think like, oh, I do Pinterest or this and that. And you know, like I mentioned before, I've been talking about Clubhouse a lot and I had to step away from that because I realized like I would put up polls or stuff like, hey, I have a new YouTube video coming out. What do you think it's about? 90% of my audience voted Clubhouse. I was like, dang it, because I have done some videos about Clubhouse and it's good and I get good, you know, views on it. But Clubhouse, it, it's great and it's a good app, but it is not what I do. What I do is help women grow their businesses. And I mean, Clubhouse is an avenue for that. But I was like, okay, Clubhouse is good, but I don't want mm -hmm. you to associate me with Clubhouse all the time. Like, you know, I did, that's not my business. So it was really funny that um, I started noticing that. I was like, okay, I need to not talk about this as much. Like, I'm really passionate about it, but I just need to calm down a little bit. So I want to dive into some of the stuff you do around personality, but I do want to ask you, um, how did your dad pass? Yeah, yeah. So 
back in um, March last year, so March 2020, um, Daddy was acting like really weird. And I was like, you know, he, he forgot to pay his rent. Daddy doesn't forget stuff like that. So I went to the office and I paid and the lady was like, you know, I used to work in, you know, places with geriatric patients. Maybe he has a UTI because that would be why he's confused. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, daddy, I think we need to go to urgent care. And he didn't even fight me. And my dad is stubborn as a mule. So I was like, okay, well, this is new. He must really be sick. (laughs) So we go to urgent care and the doctor is like, um, he is very yellow. I'm going to call the ER and let them know you're on your way. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to this level. Oh, no. So yeah, so we went to the ER. It was March 6th. And I thought, you know, daddy's like a cat. I mean, he literally, I would take him to the hospital. I took him to the hospital Christmas day, 2019. You know, I, he just had all these lives and he, he just ran out of them. Um, but anyway, so come to find out um, what it is, is he, so he used to work at this place and he worked there until he retired and it had a lot of chemical exposure, but, um, daddy was only 70. He had just turned 70 in the month before and he, um, ended up dying. He had COPD, congestive heart failure, um, kidney and, um, liver failure. And all of that came from asbestos exposure. And then, um, he also had colon cancer. So it's just like his oh. entire organs just went to shit. I mean, literally like his mom died at 96. So yeah. And daddy was the baby, um, of his family. So yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy year, but I mean, he basically, he came home. I brought him home from Tuscaloosa, Alabama in November. So right before Thanksgiving, and it was pretty much four months to the day he was here that he passed away. So, um, and I, my parents are divorced. So um, and I'm the oldest child and I worked for myself. So it was me taking him to VA appointments, to doctor's appointments, to run errands, you know, pick up grocery store stuff. Um, Chick-fil-A. He loved Chick-fil-A. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, um, he just, he was a, he was a fun guy and um, it's, it's weird that he's not here. And so kind of navigating this month because my birthday's also in March and then, you know, daddy's, um, angel day is in March. So, um, it's a special month for sure. Um, and just trying to honor his memory and, you know, figure out my emotions as this is, will be the first anniversary. And yeah, so it's sad, but, um, I think my tip, if anybody's listening to this and has a friend who is grieving or you're grieving yourself, like just know everybody's grief process is different. And when you give somebody the opportunity to talk about the person mm-hmm. they've lost, you're doing them a favor. Yes, they might cry and yes, they might be sad. But when you ask questions about the person they've lost, they are so excited to share their story. Like anytime somebody asks me about my dad, I am more than happy to talk about him because it helps his um, memory live on and I get to share about him and it just, it, you know, yeah, I might cry, but um, it just, I'm like smiling right now because I'm just thinking about daddy. So thanks for asking me. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I, I completely agree with you that that is what we want to talk about when these things happen to us. Um, and and it also helps us to process the emotions around it. And I and I want to say, you know, back to your feelings of not feeling motivated, like, you know, you just went through at that time something extremely life altering. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of no wonder that you felt like that, you know, what am I even doing? Yeah, yeah. And I just I mean, I quit caring about my business. I literally was like, 
I don't care. I'll figure it out. Like, you know, I was like, let me go play with pottery. Like I was, I was making pottery for four or five months this fall. I was like, you know, finding stuff to kind of um, take my mind off of it and really put my hands to work. Cause I really do believe like art is therapy. And for me, it was just so good to have a creative outlet. I don't care if my stuff was ugly or not. I was just making a make. And I mean, I have some ugly, <laughs> ugly pottery here. Um, and, but I still love it, you know, <laughs> and uh, it was fun. And, um, it took me back to being a kid. I used to make art all the time. Like I won my first art show in kindergarten. So, you know, it's, uh, it was a nice outlet. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, And I think I I really appreciate the tip and advice that you gave to people because I think a lot of us do know people in our lives that are grieving and we need it's it's always this thing that we're like Mm tiptoeing around you know and not wanting to bring it up or not knowing how to bring it up or not really knowing how to be there for other people so and I think it's it's an important conversation and I'll give one more tip too because I think a lot of times when somebody's grieving or you see somebody going through something traumatic you're like hey what can I do for you let me know if you need anything well Mm -hmm. I don't know what I need Show up with something and I will say thank you. Show up with food. I don't like if I'm I'm very focused on my health right now because I think health can help prevent a lot of these things that my dad went through. Um, I mean, minus the chemical exposure, but you know, I'm really trying to be healthy. Um, so you know, even if I'm sitting here and today I'm I'm counting my macros and I'm eating really good, if something traumatic happens tomorrow, you better show up with some dag of brownies or something. Like people that are grieving and going through things, they don't <laughs> care. Like if you do something, that means the world to them. They don't care if it is uh, you know, you send them an ugly candle or an ugly plant or something, you're like, oh I would never give this to somebody. They do not care. Show up with something like you know, and here's the funny thing. We're like, oh, I live across the country. I can't do anything. Well, did you know what? There's a thing called Uber Eats. There's a thing called Dash Door. Like you can order flowers from a local flower company and send it to them. Like it doesn't have to be some huge gesture. Send them a card with, you know, maybe a Starbucks. Like, hey, I know I can't be there, but I hope this coffee warms your heart. Like something just as sweet as that. Like it doesn't have to be huge. Like I had a friend who was um, having surgery this past fall and I was like, Hey, I know you're going to be out of commission for a while. Let me know. I would love to come over and take your kids and take them off your hands for a while and take them to the park or, you know, somewhere. And, you know, she was like, okay, awesome. And I think when you offer something specific that you can do and not just let me know if you need anything, that that's, that's game changer for people. And, and yeah. grief goes way past that first month. Um, so, you know, if somebody sent me a card today, I would still be, yeah, I'd be so thankful, you know, I'm, I was going to say the same thing is it doesn't just go like it's not just that time like you have to you have to remember that people are still processing sometimes even years later and so you can still show up with those things. Definitely. Um, all right. So I want to get into a little bit about personality because that is something you work with people in and help them discover and how that that can be like part of the superpower in their business. So let's talk a little bit more about that. First of all, specifically, I guess, how do you find out what people's personalities are? Yeah. So a lot of times people will come to me and already know either their Myers-Briggs type indicator, their MBTI, or their Enneagram. And those are two, I think, of the most well-known, especially in the entrepreneurship 
um, the well-known personality assessments. There are other ones, but those two are pretty typically, um, well, they're my favorite, but they're also very well-known. So, um, you know, if they come to me and they don't know, then we'll spend some time looking through and, and assessing that, um, you know, figuring out introvert, extrovert, like that's, that's a big one because um, people think that being an introvert is, oh, I just don't like people or I'm shy or I have social anxiety. No, that's not what that means. Being an introvert means that you process your information internally and you recharge by being alone. Now, that's not to say that extroverts don't like a long time. It's just the preference where you go to most naturally. So um, I start with that. And a lot of times, like I said, people will come to me. So if they know, hey, I'm an Enneagram One and I'm a Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTJ, then we'll look at that and we'll work through that. So, you know, a one on Enneagram, which is, um, you know, they look at things in kind of black and white. Is this wrong or is this right? Um, they don't really need a step-by-step of how to do things. They already know the the correct way um, in their eyes, the correct way to do things. They are the perfectionist. So what um, I actually worked with a woman this week, what we focused on was not the correct way to do things. We focused on giving her the permission to do things, like it, taking that imperfect action, where if I was working with an Enneagram 7, they're already taking imperfect action all the time because they like that spontaneity. They like the creativity. So we may need to look at, okay, do you have your LLC or S Corp? Did you find your taxes? Are you working with a bookkeeper? What are all these things that you don't like doing in your business, but you know you need to do to run your business? So that's kind of the first way I look at it is looking at those lenses. So whether again, that's Enneagram or Myers-Briggs. Um, and sometimes it's it's a matter of both depending on the person. Um, and sometimes it, it, we got to figure it out um, what, what their type is because a lot of these assessments being free, you can get mistyped and, and it turns people away. Um, I know when I first took my test, I was like, oh, I'm an Enneagram four. Oh, I'm supposed to be sad. And then I was like, oh, it's not that I'm sad all the time. It's that I can be okay being sad. And I know I'm okay processing these emotions where my sister is an Enneagram eight. You can't get emotions near her if she hides that stuff. If she's crying in front of you, that means you are her most trusted confidant. It's mm. not, you know, it's not easy for her to to show those emotions. She comes off very strong and blunt, and, and that's just an Enneagram 8. There's nothing wrong with that. They know what they want, and, and they're going for it. So um, each type, you know, there's not one type or one Myers-Briggs type that's better than the other. We all have our innate strengths and our innate um, abilities that are our superpowers, but it's how we use those to our advantage that that really helps our businesses grow. And I think it's really helpful for somebody to have somebody that's guiding them through that process because um, a lot of times, like you said, the tests will be misleading. They might even be misleading as to what type you are. And so really having somebody that can help you dig into maybe the questions a little bit more or see it from a different perspective and, and help you even figure out like a lot of women don't even know who they are, you know, and so I think that can really help mm -hmm. them answer some of those questions for themselves. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Because the the thing too is once you know yourself better, you can build your business better. Like for me, I'm an introvert. Like, I can't sit and record 45 podcasts in one week. I know some extroverts 
who will do that? Or they'll record, you know, 16 YouTube videos in one day. That is not me. I can't do more than two YouTube videos in one day because I will be exhausted. And I want to make sure I'm giving my full energy, my full um, personality 100%. I don't want, you know, to be the Ben Stein because I, I mean, I kind of, <laughs> you know, being an introvert, I can kind of be that Ben Stein voice sometimes. But, you know, it's, about um, showing up the best that you can. And um, another thing about me is like, I have narcolepsy. I don't always talk about that, but you know, I don't take calls before 1030 in the morning because I know that'll be the day that I oversleep. <laughs> so I try to make sure that I set my business up for success based on my personality and my needs. So um, that's what, that's what I want to have for everybody, the ability to build the business of their dreams with their self, you know, so instead of fighting again and going against the grain or trying to do what everybody else says you should do, like, you know, I've been heard for years, have a membership, have a course, have a this, you know, and I've tried a membership. I've tried a course. I've tried the agency model that doesn't fit me. So you have to do what fits you best and your personality and, and just knowing that. And I think it helps people grow not only professionally, but individually as well. Yeah, it's really important to know that the reason, I mean, the reason you work for yourself is so you can work for yourself, not so you can put yourself into somebody else's mold of how you should be working. So I totally 100% agree yeah. with you on that. What are some other, um, what are some issues, I guess, that you see come up a lot for the people that you're coaching? I know that you talk about burnout a lot. So is that something that you see come up a lot for people? Yeah, I think burnout can be a huge win. And, you know, I went through that myself being unmotivated this fall, this past fall. But I think what I see a lot is that imposter syndrome, that self-sabotage and shiny object syndrome. Um, and sometimes isolation. Like I think, you know, I talked about this on my Instagram the other day and actually somebody in your community had tagged you. And, you know, it's not about that I'm lonely or I don't have friends, but being an entrepreneur is like, it's isolating. You know, we, we can, yeah, we can have these online friends and we can have friends locally, but especially right now, like people in my neighborhood, they don't understand what I do. And my family barely understands what I do, you know? So if I don't have my online friends, it's like, okay, well, this is kind of like nobody gets what I do and it just kind of sucks. But, um, so I think the three big though that I see is that self-sabotage, the, um, imposter syndrome and shiny object syndrome. Um, I mean, I think two burnout can happen and it does happen. Um, but I feel like a lot of people talk about that. So I feel like that's something that we know about where we don't talk about that self-sabotage as much or that um, isolation as much. Yeah. So that self-sabotage, it's funny you bring that up. I was just listening to that uh, about that on a podcast this morning. But I was reading in Seth Godin's book, The Practice, and he starts describing this awful boss. He's like, your boss might be a jerk. They might tell you you didn't do a good job when you really did it, like when you put all day into it. They might um, keep you up at night thinking about what you need to do tomorrow and what you could have done better the day before. And he goes on and on, like all these things a horrible boss would be, right? And then he's like, your boss might, or your boss is you, and you might be being a jerk to yourself. And so I totally, I mean, self-sabotage I know is more than just being mean to yourself. It's also about like having these crazy mm -hmm. standards for ourselves that it's like, we're, we're just not realistic about what we should be doing or can be doing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a real problem. And it's like all about changing those stories that we're telling ourselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or even like, you know, I had a client a couple weeks ago and she's like, oh, I have all these ideas for these reels. I just need to film them. I was like, okay, so film them. And she was like, but I need to do laundry. I'm like, that laundry is going to be there. Like you're not putting your gift out into the world because you're letting the laundry take over. No, like put yourself out there. Laundry is not helping you gain clients. That's not an income producing activity. Forget the laundry. Do that when you have insomnia. Like focus when you are good and awake and you have the attention, focus on building your business. Like that's where your money is coming from. It's not coming from laundry. <laughs> I think what whatever comes after that word but is what you really need to stop and and pay attention to because you're so right like how many times do we I mean that's a great example of just using procrastination to stop you like those are tasks we mm-hmm. procrastinate from doing the hard things from doing the things that we're scared to do or sometimes we don't want to do um but whatever is following that word but or or a lot of times what is following the word just is the other one i hear people say oh i just do this and it's like just get rid of that word you don't need to even say it yeah (laughs) um yeah so so let's also talk about the shiny object syndrome because that's a huge thing. And and one thing I've been really working on for myself, because I get this way, I get like a bazillion ideas. Last week, I wanted to write, I'm not kidding you. I was like, oh, I should write a kid's book, <laughs> which has nothing to do with anything. I don't even have kids. So it has nothing to do with anything. But I just got this idea for a children's book. And like, all the ideas were like flooding in. And I'm like, I should do this. Um, and I think we're all kind of guilty of that. Sometimes it can be another form of procrastinating because you're not doing the thing you should be doing, but you're chasing all these other things. Um, And sometimes it's just because we're full of ideas. But I think what has been working for me lately, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I've been really trying to focus on like, okay, the first 90 days of the year, this is my focus. Nothing else, just this. The next 90 days, you know, this is my focus and nothing else, just that. And I can put that children's book down for like maybe next year or whatever it is, but it doesn't need, it's not my focus right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. And a lot of people that I talk to, they'll do like, oh, I have all these ideas. I'm so multi-passionate. And I think we've just been raised in a world where we've been told, hey, you can do anything you want to do. Okay, well, I want to do it all, you know, and that that's hard, especially like a lot of us who went to liberal arts colleges, like you need to dabble in a lot of different things. Um, So when you have all of these ideas, you've got to get them out of your head because they just keep rummaging in there. So either get them in an idea notebook, brain dump, just get them out of your head. So that way they're not clogging up um, and revisit them. Like Emily, you were saying, you know, maybe next year, maybe next quarter, whenever, like go back to that. But if that is not the thing that is bringing you money right now, does it matter? Should you spend your time on that? Probably not. Like, and you know, it's like, I could keep popping around and business to business to business and doing this or doing that. Like, oh, I'm bored today. I'm going to quit talking about this. So I'm going to go talk about this other thing. But when you go deep instead of wide, that's where the money is. The gold is at the bottom. Like you've got to dig for that treasure. Like you can't keep going across 
and keep going wide, like you're only going to skim the surface if you do that. You got to dig deep. And that's where um, you become the expert. People know you as that person. And, and again, that's where the money comes. I think, you know, you probably experienced this and I experienced this in being becoming a virtual assistant. Like you do all the things, but it's not, first of all, it's not very fulfilling to you, I, I don't think. And um, secondly, it wasn't very financially fulfilling at all. <laughs> Okay. Um, so how can we find and connect with you online? Yeah, I would love, um, if you want to connect with me, come find me on Instagram. I'm at Saunders underscore says, and that's like the best place. Like that's my hub of my community kind of, so you can find me on all the places from there. Um, but I have a quiz that I've developed and will be available by the time this airs. So um, it's a biz quiz. It's about to see if you're in alignment with your business. Um, and it takes you through these questions so you can see, okay, am I doing this or am I doing this? It doesn't go into specific personalities, so it's pretty general. So anybody can take it and see, am I aligned with my business? Am I you know, really focused on it or am I not? Am I doing things that are out of alignment? Um, so it is saundersays.com forward slash biz quiz um, if you want to go take that. And it's just a free little quiz. You can put your email in if you want or not, um, but it will be available. I love that. Okay. So we'll be sure to definitely say that your, your Instagram account is, it's super fun. And like you do a really good job of mixing it up with like really quality content with also just showing off your personality and having fun. So I love it. Um, I've, I've enjoyed following you, you and I would recommend everybody go over to Instagram and follow you too. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was lovely. And I guess I'll probably see you on or talk to you on Clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me so much, Emily. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you and um, all your listeners today. Thanks, Nicole. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.